Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Okay, sit down. Okay, sit down. Okay, just sit down. Just sit down. That is the best. That's a, why is this not working? Is it working? Okay. You know, I always have problems with microphones. That is the best. That is the best welcome I've ever had onto a platform. Seriously. <laughs> but now, I, now I've just got to get this front row to shut up. Are all the children out? Because you know, that's a swear word, eh? You know that. Somebody said to me, I said, oh, shut up. And they said, you're not allowed to say that. So I said, oh, what are you, what are you allowed to say? Just, you've got to say, be quiet. So, it is, um, it's wonderful to be here. My very first reaction when, when Craig was in the kitchen and we, were, we, were, we knew we were coming up and it was just really busy, and Craig threw it out from his coffee machine. He said, listen, Mark wants you to speak on, on Sunday night. I said, no, thanks. I said, no, thanks. Do you know, I've been fighting with God for, for quite a while, eh, Craig? He's been telling me that I've been fighting with God. I've, been fi- I th- I've thought I was fighting with Craig, saying to him, you never let me preach anymore. What is wrong with you? You said the preaching roster. What is wrong with you? And he says, and he said to me that you're fighting with God. Your fight is with God, not with man. So you know what? I've come to the end of my fight with God, and I said, you know what? I did a ladies' conference at, when was it? Sometime. And, and I said, okay, I think, and I didn't tell anybody. I said, I think I've, I think I've hung up my preaching shoes. I think I've just put them aside now. I'm just, I'm, I'm now, God, I've finished fighting. And then this comment was thrown out the kitchen at me. And, he, and my first reaction was no. And you know what rung in my ears? Was Tess Yannach. I don't know whether you, you know them from Link. They were always speaking about how we must say yes to Jesus. How we have got to say yes to Jesus. And I had that little blonde thing. I had her in my vision, and I had her voice in my ear saying, Andy, say yes. Andy, say yes to Jesus. I put my preaching shoes back on again, and here I am. And here I am. Mark is very kind to me when he says that. Um, I think he's lying half the time, but he's very kind to me. I... I honestly, I think this man is amazing. Him and his wife are amazing. We have loved our time at Life Changes. We are loving the relationship. I can't understand why they want to be friends with us. We have long history. We're ancient compared to them. We're old. We do. I carry a lot of stories and a lot of things. So Mark alluded to the fact that I go where people won't go. What I do is I train preschool teachers from, from previously disadvantaged areas. What I did is I've got a skill set in my hands. I'm a, I'm a teacher by profession. I don't know what a pastor, I'm not, I don't know what a pastor's wife is. But anyway, I'm a teacher by profession, and we had a preschool in the area that was really down, going downhill, and Craig said, go and have a look at it. And I realized then that our education, I'd like to be Minister of Education, actually. That's my next, next, my next job. I want to be Minister of Education. <laughs> and so what I did is I said, I've got a skill set in my hands, and you know what I can do? I can pass that skill set on to somebody else, and pass that, who can pass that skill set on to somebody else. So I train preschool teachers, and you, they're not really preschool teachers. They, they are babysitting services in the local community, and I'm, I'm making them, I'm turning them into professionals, even if they don't want to. I'm making them. So tonight, I think I want, I, want to, I want you to lean in because I think there's somebody here that, that maybe needs to hear that. You're not too old and you're not too young to, to just use that skill set. What's in your history? 
Because I thought I'd given it. Craig made me. The one thing that Craig's made me do is he made me give up teaching when we, when we planted the church. He's never made me do another thing. He said, no, but I want you by my side. I said, but I love teaching. I love teaching preschoolers. He said, no, you're going to give that up. And I said, I don't want to. I don't want to. And God gave me a promise before we planted the church. He said, you're going to be surrounded. And this is apartheid days. He said, you're going to be surrounded by a sea of black children. So I was going to, I was going to make that happen. And I'm going to, I was going to go and teach a lot of preschool children. So I've got a sea of black children around me. And I was going to be black. I was going to make it happen. And it was quite a, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful thing to see when I laid down that thing, I said, I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to do it God's way, what he's done. Because I know one day in heaven, I'm going to be surrounded. It might not be today, but one day I'm going to be surrounded in heaven with people that I have not personally taught, but I've taught their teacher how to teach. And I've, I've lit a, a love of learning in their eyes. So I may not see it on this earth, but I'll see it one day in heaven. So I'm going to speak to you tonight. Uh, it is the... It is my best story. You know, I always ask the kids. They, they freak out. They're, still th they're 30 and 32, and they still freak out. They go on holiday. They come back, and my very first question is to them, what was your best? They say, oh, Ma, why do you have to always ask that question? You know you've got to have a best in the Bible. My best story ever is the story of Hagar. Yeah. Hagar the Horrible. You know Hagar the Horrible. Some of you are too young to even know the cartoon, but some of you are old enough to know Hagar the Horrible. Okay. Hagar, let me just quickly fill you in about her. She was Sarah's maid. Oh, sorry. Politically correct domestic worker. Okay? So she was her, her servant. She was a woman, she was a Gentile, and she was nothing. She was a slave. She was lower than nothing. And what happened was Abraham and Sarah couldn't have children, so they decided to make plan B. And Sarah said, you can have you can go and sleep with my... There's no more children in the room. Actually, that's a whole lot of children sitting there. But anyway, you can, you, can, you, can sleep with, you can sleep with my maid. And so they, that's what happened. And, she, and, and, and Hagar felt pregnant. And she started to treat her mistress, Sarah, very badly. And so then uh, Sarah started to treat... Not Hagar badly. Started to treat Abraham badly. You know how that goes, wives, eh? You make a suggestion... It doesn't work out so well, so it's his fault. Yeah. Always. It's always his fault. And so then eventually, eventually, Abraham said to Sarah, okay, well, do, what, do whatever you want with her. So, so Hagar treated Sarah badly, so Sarah treated Hagar even more badder. It was even worse. So eventually, and we pick up the story in Genesis 16. So let's read it. Can you put it on the screen for me? Because I don't have any. I do have my Bible. They were laughing at me because of my, my font. So what happened? Because this is, uh, uh, Quinton says I've got two words on my screen, I'll show you. Okay, would you like to all read off my screen? Because <laughs> you could. Um, anyway, so, so, so this whole terrible situation was happening at home. And Abraham said, look, she's your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Sarah treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. We pick it up in verse 7. Is it up there? It says, the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. Do you know that Shur was a, a walled-off city? So I wonder how many of us are sitting in situations where we feel just miserable. Our circumstances are miserable, and when are we just going to run? And she was running to a place. She was running to a place where she would feel safe, where she would feel walled-off. And I don't know if any of you have done that, where someone's hurt you, and so what you do is you go to a walled-off place. You go to a place where... 
where it's just closed off from people maybe, from your hurt. You think you can, you think you can just stay there. You think you can just stay there. You run into a walled off place. And the angel said to her, and you know, when you, the, the angel of the Lord is a, is, a, is a picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. Do you know that she was the first woman, a slave, a Gentile, a, a nobody, and a woman. She was the first one in the Old Testament to see Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't God so kind, woman? Yeah. Come on. Yes. I don't hear any woo-woos. Woo-woo. <laughs> the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah, she replied. Note, she knew where she had come from. She never answered the question about where she was going. When we found ourselves in some of these places, and I think sometimes even in South Africa, we can say, we know where we've come from, but man, we don't know where we're going. And we actually want to just run into a walled city. We, we want to go to Australia because it's quite safe. But I don't know whether God's calling us to do that. The angel of the Lord said to her, listen to this, this is so miserable. He said, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For your Lord, the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. Imagine that. You know, your prophetic words nowadays are, oh, you can have a child, and it's going to bring you so much joy, and, and it's just going to be beautiful, and life is going to be so good. And sometimes what Jesus speaks to us is not that. Yeah. Is not that. He said to her, this son, I'm going to make you a mother of a nation. I'm, I'm taking you from a nobody. I'm taking you from somebody who's overlooked, who's been abused, who's, who's miserable, who, whose life is totally miserable. And I'm going to take you and I'm going to make you a mother of a nation. I'm going to make you. And I know that Ishmael, we don't like Ishmael. We don't like the Arabs. But this is God. This is Jesus. This is God's plan. He says, I'm going to make you into a mother of a nation. But he says, but be careful, because I'm going to give you a boy that is going to be wild. He's going to be like an untamed donkey. I don't know if you would like that. She didn't say anything. I think she would have been shocked too. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Beelahaharoi, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bered. Verse 15, you've got to realize that there should have been a chapter gap. There should have been a chapter gap. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Can I pray? Father, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, I ask you that you come and you make this trickle into a torrent out there. Father, that you take this word tonight. This is your word. This is what you did. This is your story. This is Jesus in the story. This is us in the story. This is your story, God. Will you come and bring it alive to us? Will you come and speak deeply into our hearts, deeply into our nation, deeply affect us, oh God, tonight? Affect us. Affect us. In Jesus' name, amen. So... Oh, 
golly, I'm so far away off my notes. I'm going to leave them. So that's, <laughs> so Craig just says hallelujah. So for me, what happens in that story is the most amazing, amazing thing. You know, you're going through a transition at the moment. Did you know life changes? Do you know that this nation's going through a transition? And the only way that we're going to get through this, the only way that Hagar could get through her transition of having that baby was to hear God, was to hear Him. He can't, she couldn't live with that brain. She was going into a walled off city. She knew no one. She was a slave. She was a woman. What would have happened had Jesus not intersected her path? I'm telling you, Jesus has intersected our paths for a reason, for a reason. Do you know that the one thing that happened at that well, at that place, at that place was that she named God. She was the first woman, again, why do I love this story? She was the first woman to give God a personal name. Before he was just God Almighty, they'd given him this, these magnificent up there names, and she gave him the name El Roy, which means the God who sees me. The God who sees me. And, she, and with that seeing, it gave her courage. Because she saw him, and, and she said, is this the one who sees me? He saw her. I don't know where you are. You might be so fearful. You hear this. You hear Tyler get up with, and you just, you just want to say, yes, I'm going I'm to pray for this nation. I'm going to be in this nation. And then you go home, close your doors, lock, the, lock all the blinds, and be so, so fearful in your house. We can get the moment here, and we can think, yes, we're going to be not fearful. But until we see that God sees us. He sees us. He is El Roy. He's El Roy. He sees us. He doesn't just quickly glance over us and say, oh, there you are, Bunty. You know, he sees us. He knows us. He knew her. He, he, he proclaimed something over her that was incredibly, incredibly difficult because he said, go back. He says, return and submit. Go back to that place. Go back to that unbearable place. Because she ran away. It was unbearable. So sometimes we might feel in South Africa, maybe you feel even with life changes and the, and the, and the, and the changes that are going on, I, I, I don't know if I trust Tyler so much. I'd much rather go to Mark because he's a safe place. I don't know if I want to trust Tyler and Kate on eldership. But there's something that God's saying, come on, I see you. And you've got to trust that these two have come onto eldership because God has seen them and God's appointed them. It's not man's appointment. It's not because they're best friends. It's because God's seen and God knows. And it's time that we started seeing God, changing our perspective on some things and listening to what he has to say. Do you know, I entitled this message, Listen to Live. I don't know what would have happened to Hagar had she gone and just said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to return and submit. I'm not going to that, that intolerable place. I'm not going back to those, th that, that circumstance. But she didn't. She, t she said, all right, I'll do that. That's why I said there should have been a chapter gap in, in between where she says, when she names the well, she names it Roy. She named the well that. She named the well. The God who sees me. She named that well. And then she went back. She didn't stay at the well saying, oh, Jesus loves me, this I know. She went back to an intolerable situation. And she knew. She went back with a prophetic word from God that was, was not an easy one, was it? You're going to have a wild donkey as a child. He's going he's to raise his fist against his relatives. He's just going to be manic. 
You think your ADHD child is bad? <laughs> Come on. This, this was Ishmael. Do you know that in that little chat, where it should have been a chapter gap, there's something else remarkable that happens. So she was the first woman to, to see an angel of the Lord, which was representative of Jesus. She's the first one to name, name God, a personal God, El Roy, the God who sees me. First one. Third thing that she is, in a, is a first in is that you can hear that I, I, I never thought I was a pioneer, but actually I think I am. I think I've lived with him for too long. Do you know what she did? She named her son in utero. There, before that, there was not another child that was named in utero. And there was not another woman that had named a child before. It was always a husband jo husband's job. Can you imagine going back into that intolerable situation where Abraham has thrown his hands up and said, Ah, Sarah, who cares? You do with, you do with her what you want. Okay? And she goes back, pregnant, still pregnant, and she says, I'm back, and I'm going, to submit to, I'm going to submit to Sarah because I know God sees me. So I can, I can enjoy any intolerable situation because I've, I, I know God sees me. God sees me. Then the second thing she does is she says to Ishmael, I don't know how she said it. I'm, I, I hope she didn't put her hands on her hips and say, oh, Abraham, uh, this boy is going to, oh, this is a boy. Remember in those days they didn't have 3D scans or 4D scans, okay? They had nothing. They had nothing. She goes and she says to him, this is a boy, and we are to name him Ishmael. Wow. I don't know, Abraham. You know, we all think of Abraham, father of the faith. We think of him as a strong, great man, this great leader, like, like, a, like a Tyler standing up and praying like that. That's Abraham. And he turned around and said, yes, dear. <laughs> he turned around to the slave woman and said, yes, dear. Okay. But you know what the most amazing thing is? That God had given her a word, and he had given her the word that I see you, and then he'd given her another word, and it was an ugly one, but, he, but, but this one he said, you must name your son Ishmael. Now, just think back to yourselves, and I think Gabe would be one of them, and I think some of you would be one of them. To you as a small child, if you were a wild one, raise your hands now if you were a wild child. Come on. Okay. Wild child. All of you with wild child children. Wild child children. So you've got three children, which, and you've got one wild child. Who's the name? What name echoes through your home the most? <laughs> Do you know that in the dark of the night when that baby was colicky, he's a wild thing, he's not sleeping. What was she saying? Ishmael, go to sleep, for goodness sake, Ishmael. Ishmael, go to sleep, Ishmael, go to sleep, Ishmael, God hears, God hears. God hears in the dark night when it's intolerable, when it's intolerable, when Sarah's beating me up again, Abraham's hating on me, God hears, God hears, God hears, he grows up a little bit, Ishmael, come here, Ishmael, it's supper time, Ishmael, Ishmael, God hears, God hears, God hears, God hears, what was she doing? She was doing to her household, she was saying, God hears, she was saying to, because in, in those days, there weren't any little cell phones, Yes, mom, come home for dinner. There was none of that. How did, he, how did she get Ishmael, her wild child, in for dinner? <laughs> Ishmael! What was she speaking over her community? 
Why was she speaking over her community? Ishmael, God hears. God hears. God hears. God hears. He was a wild thing, but God hears. God hears. God hears. What are we going to do with that in this nation? What are we going to do with that in this nation? She was in an intolerable situation, and God hears. And she proclaimed it over her circumstance. She proclaimed that over her, over her, not even her nation. It wasn't her nation. She was, she was a Gentile. She came from, she came from Egypt. It wasn't even her nation. And yet she, she, she proclaimed that. She declared that. So in her new season, she had new words. And what were her new words? Elroy, God sees me. And God hears. Why do I know she also proclaimed God sees me? Because there was a well named that. And they say to this day that well was named that. So how did that well get its name? She must have spoken about it. She must have told people. Do you know that Jesus met me or God met me at that well and he sees me. And then, then she shouts. So she's telling very seriously about this wonderful encounter with Jesus at the well. He sees me. Ishmael! And he hears me. Just think about it. I mean, I, I, okay, maybe it's just the teacher in me that comes out. Honestly, it is the teacher in me that comes out. Because I had a Ronnie. I had a Ronnie in one of my classes. I was very new. I think Ronnie, I, I, I'm pretty sure, 90% sure he's landed up in some UK prison. Seriously. Seriously. And it's all my fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. Because I had Ronnie first year, and it was always, Ronnie! 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 And then I had to fail him. I had to fail him. And I thought, well, I'll fail him, and you'll go to the next class. You know, the other grade, grade three teacher. You go there. And she said, I'm not having him. You fail him, you keep him. So in those days, I don't know where my headmaster was. Where was my headmaster? He should have said, no, Andy can't keep him. Or Mrs. Clark can't keep him. And I got Ronnie a second time for a whole year. So Ronnie sat in the front row because he's a wild child, and it was easier just to grab him when he was going wild. And eventually, after first term, I thought, I can't. I can't. My ears go home with, Ronnie, 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 Ronnie. So I put a second at the back of the class and forgot about him for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so I called him Craig Ronnie. And honestly, I think, I think maybe, maybe he's in prison. Because of his grade three teacher, she didn't, she just killed the love of learning in his eyes and he just, he's, he's in prison somewhere, he's over 40, he's in prison somewhere. So, I don't know where I am in this thing. <laughs> Should we pray for Ronnie? So why, why am I telling you this really crazy story? Because you know that I, I only read that part of the story. And then the, the, the other part of the story is in, it, it happens in chapter 21, where, where she gets sent away. So the first time she ran away, the second time in Genesis 21, she left, she was cast away because by then Sarah had had her baby and that was the child of promise. And uh, Sarah saw Ishmael doing what he does, mocking the little three-year-old, four-year-old boy. And she said, I've had enough, you, you're out. And so what did, what did, what did, uh, I don't, it's not going to come up, unfortunately. So, so what did, in fact, it will. Is it there? Genesis. You got it. Okay, put it up. I'll have to read it off here. Gosh. Uh, okay, I'm going to read it. You, that, you got my back. Don't judge my bum. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders, I'm trying not to laugh, and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. And then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away. That's about 100 meters away. So think of the 100 meter dash, the 100 meter sprint. She went that far away. She went off and sat down about a boat. But he was about 14 or 15 by this stage. Can you imagine putting your child under a bush of 14? Who's 14? You're 14. Stand up. Oh, come on. Stand up. Imagine putting him under a bush. <laughs> and then just walking away. Because at that point, that boy must have really been dehydrated. He must have been near to death because it says there, then she went off and sat down and she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. As she sat there, the boy, she began to sob. Listen to the next verse. It says, God heard, not her sobbing, didn't say anything about the boy sobbing. God heard the boy crying. He heard the promise crying. He heard the promise crying. How many of your promises have died? Now you've just shelved them. You just, put them, you just put them aside. You put them under a bush to die. And you know what? If God promises, if God speaks to you, if God speaks and says, I'm going to make you a mother of a nation. I'm going to make you. I'm going to give you more descendants than you can count. If God speaks, but that's why you've got to be listening. You've got to be listening. Don't, don't, don't go for those, those pretty words. That, I'll take the pretty words that make me feel nice. Go for those words that Jesus speaks. Open your ears so that you may live. Open your ears so you may live. God heard the boy crying. Interesting thing, because God heard Ishmael, God hears, crying. And the angel of, the, of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then listen to this. Then God opened her eyes. What was the very first thing she said when God encountered her? The God who sees me. And over time, her eyes had closed. She didn't, see the, she didn't see God anymore. And I'm telling you, that's what happens. Unfortunately, that's what happens to us. We can't all, all live there all the time, but it's okay because the promise cries out. We've got to go back and say, God, what are you speaking over our nation? God, what have you spoken over women? What if we can go dress in black, we can hold up some crude signs, we can hold up some angry signs, we can hold up those signs. And, I, and I'm not knocking that at all. I'm saying maybe that's what it's got to take. But women, we need to know how God values us. We need to know our position in, on this earth. We need to know what God's put in us. We need to know those things. And we need to cry out to God because the promise of God will cry out. The promise of God will cry out. And God opens her eyes again. Isn't that amazing? God is so generous, so kind with us. We close our eyes and yet he comes again because he hears the promise crying out. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. Jesus, the well of water, the living water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy, the, uh, gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. While he was living in the desert of Paran, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. That's the last thing you hear about Hagar. In that circumstance, she got comfortable with her new set of circumstances. So God turned what was, 
what was, a, what was done to her because she was banished this time. It wasn't her running away. God, uh, uh, Sarah banished her. And yet God turned her circumstances and she found a comfortable place, so, much, so comfortable that she found a wife for her son. And she, she settled something in her there. And I know the story continues with Ishmael and I know we're not supposed to like the Arabs, but we should. We should. God gave them to us. I don't know the reason. I don't know why. God's mysteries are always going to be higher than me. Always going to be higher than me. This is a story from the Word of God. This is what God did. So for me, there's a, there's a couple of things that, that I'd like to leave you with tonight. And one of it is for your changes that are coming in, in, in life changes. Another is in your personal life. Just take it. Remember, go and listen to this morning's meeting. Go, go, go. Do you do podcasts and blah, blahs? Do yourself a favor. Put your tackies on in the morning. Go for a walk along that beachfront. <laughs> you know, I could do this because I've got absolutely no idea. Go for a walk. Go and stare at the mountain. Put the podcast in your ears and just listen to that. Just listen to it because this is just the trickle. This is just getting your ankles right because you are the ones that have got to go and bring the torrent of water. You're the ones that have got to go and proclaim what is God saying over this nation. So that's why I say some of it is all personal and there's that thing that, I'm, that I, I suppose that's why I want to be Minister of Education. <laughs> Because I want to change this nation. I want God to come and do a miraculous thing in this nation. And you know what? Sometimes he needs me to do that. Sometimes he needs me to proclaim, these children will live. These children will get a better education. They will have the love of learning in their eyes by the time. Because you know, I've said poverty begins at the age of five, not 16 when they can't get a job. When the love of learning dies, when the love of learning dies, they're going to grade one, they don't want to learn. So what am I doing? I'm lighting fires. I'm light, and what I'm, I, I can't do it in the classroom because I can't speak the language. So I get hold of the teachers and I light the fire in the teacher so that they light the fire in the children. And that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm proclaiming peace over this nation. I'm pro proclaiming education over this nation. I'm proclaiming a different future every time I train a woman, every time I train a principal, every time I gather a, a thing of ladies on Saturdays and think, oh, I'm going from eight until five and then church tomorrow, eight until five. Oh, my goodness. But it's because I want to proclaim something over the nation of South Africa. I want to proclaim something. I want to proclaim great education for our nation. I want to be the best. Because if we get our children educated, we won't have the troubles when they're 16. Come on. Come on. So I'm, that's what I'm doing. What can you do? What's, God, what, what's the skill set God's put in your hand? What's your history? Maybe you need to open your eyes. Maybe you need to see God again. You need to see him again. You need to spend time. Somebody flapped their Bible this morning. Read, I haven't got one. Read the word. Find out what he's saying so that you can sit there and say, you see me, God. You've seen what's in my past. You've seen what you've put in my hands. You've seen. You see me. And he'll give you a promise that you can proclaim to, this, to your circumstance, to, the, and to, your, to your family, your mom, your dad, your sisters, your brothers, your neighbors, to the community. You can proclaim that if you know, if you've seen, if you've seen, if you've opened your ears. Do you know that um, 2 Chronicles, somebody, you, you, you did 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 640, 
Solomon prays an amazing prayer. He asks for nine big things all the way through two Chronicles. And and then then he says to God, he says, Will your ears be attentive to our prayers? Will you, will, will you listen to us? Because he prays audacious prayers. He prays bold prayers. He says, will you listen to us, O God? And then, chapter 7, 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 1 to 3. Go. Go. Okay. Oh. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. When all the Lord area, when last did we have a fire in our bedroom where we could not pray anymore because God was attentive to our prayers? Or are we just praying, oh God, will you let the weather be kind tomorrow? Or are we praying those prayers that in your bedrooms, where you're praying those bold, audacious prayers? Oh God, what's God putting you where you're shouting, not at God, but you're shouting to God those prayers when, when heaven is ringing? Because when the voice of the Lord comes, it's going to thunder, it's going to smoke, it's going to shape our nation, it's going to shake our nation. And I'm not praying, let me tell you that I'm not just praying for Af- uh, South Africa anymore. I'm praying for the southern, yeah. southern part of Africa. We've got so many foreigners. I'm a foreigner. I told Bunty, he doesn't, want, he doesn't like this. He's, I'm a Zambian by birth. So Palesa sweetly said to me when we met with him, she says, and how long are we in Zambia? I said, two weeks. <laughs> so Bunty says, I'm not a Zambian, but I am. I'm praying for the, I'm praying for the southern tip of, of Africa because we've got the foreigners with us. We've got Zimbabweans. We've got Mozambicans. We've got Angolans. We've got Malawians. We've got Zambians. And if their economies don't get better, come on. Let's, let's pray bold, audacious prayers. Let's start praying and saying, God, be attentive to our prayers. But let's first hear. Let's first see him. Let's first see him and allow him to see you. Allow him to see you. And then, listen, for your life depends on it. Isaiah Isaiah 55 verse 3. Listen, listen, because your life depends on it. Let's stand. Something in my heart as Andy was was preaching now, just of God birthing faith. Just as, as you made that picture, Andy, and you said, when last did we have a fire in our bedroom? That's a convicting statement. Because we have moments like this in, in meetings and we feel the presence of God and the power of God and we go, wow, there's something about having faith Monday through Saturday that is incredible. I love how Craig preached this morning. He said, may a trickle start here and it become a torrent in our week. And so I'm going to ask Andy to come and pray for us. That's okay. <laughs> but before she prays, I, I just I had a sense this morning as Craig was preaching of a, of a, a change of posture. I've got my friend Gabriel Phillips uh, who walks around the office on Tuesdays. And if you're slouching, Gabe will come behind you and push your back up so you stand up straight. And I do it to him sometimes as well. But actually, there's something of shifting your posture. You know, when someone says to you something's terrible has happened in our nation, don't you we automatically do this? We automatically slouch. We automatically get small. But there's a shifting of posture. There's saying, oh God, I'm confident that you can do something great in this nation. When something terrible happens in our personal lives, don't we immediately just slouch? And God's saying, 
He knows the circumstances. God is not oblivious to the challenges of our nation. He's not oblivious to the challenges of our personal worlds. But I want to tell you that he, His desire is that His church would stand up. His church would believe that the world can change because we serve a world-changing God. And so can I ask you in this moment right now, change your posture. Stand up straight. Pull your shoulders back. Raise your hands right now. Let's shift our posture from a posture of, 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 of believing that, that things are just the way they are to a posture of believing that God can do the impossible in our nation, in our continent. And I'm going to ask Andy to pray faith into our hearts that we would not simply go, yeah, in this moment, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we would pray prayers of faith. Oh, God. Oh God, will you be attentive to our prayers? God, will you listen? Will you turn your ear to us? Your hand is not too short to save, your ear not too dull to hear. And God, we cry out to you for, our, for, for us. We, Lord, we, we open ourselves up and say, God, see us. Come and see us, oh God. Come and see our nation. Come and see Zimbabwe. Come and see Malawi. Come and see Mozambique, oh God. Come and see, oh God, our nations. Come and see the nations. And God, I pray, I ask you to come with your voice and thunder. Come and thunder over this nation, oh God. Thunder over this nation. Raise your voice against the enemy, oh God. Raise your voice against the enemy. Raise your voice against the enemy, oh God. Lord, birth in us dreams. Birth in us desires, birth in us skill sets that will take this nation into another place. God, give us courage. Lord, put, put steel in our spines, oh God. Come in the, in the small hours of, this, of, of tomorrow morning, oh God, and put steel into us. Make us see you in all your glory. Lord, fill our, fill our bedrooms with your presence, oh God. Fill us so that we have, we've got no doubt. That there's no doubt that, God, you are in control. That, God, you are a God that is above all, in all, through all. You, nothing takes you by surprise, and you have a plan. God, we lift our nation to you, and we say, God, won't you be attentive to our audacious pray, prayers that we pray in, in the quiet of our bedrooms, oh God. Come and do something awesome in my life, oh God. Come and do something awesome in my circumstances, oh God. And God, let it be a torrent that flows out into this nation. A torrent, oh God. We, hear, we know that you hear. God hears. God hears. God hears. We exalt you, mighty King. We exalt you, God of heaven and earth. We exalt you, God of the nations. You are worthy of praise, worthy of honor, and worthy, worthy of all glory.